What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Excuse me. Got, got a great episode prepared for you all. I know everybody was excited about watching the, uh, the Celebration Bowl last yesterday. Depending on when you're listening to it, but we're talking about obviously on Saturday. But uh, me and Tom is going to break it all down. We'll probably start down and then work our way through the rest of college football and even touch on a little NFL. Like, I guess I just feel so it was a surprise. We got Thomas back on for another week. Thomas, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Glad to be back. You know glad, to, glad to have you back. So without further, well, I guess I should put you everybody in the mode again. Once again, y'all picture this is, this is what, 2010? We just walked into Mr. Gunther class. It's time to talk some, Mr. Gunther talking about some history that nobody care about. We talking about this college football. So without further ado, welcome to my sports house. on the door when the night begins cause we've done this before so you come on in make yourself at my home tell me where you been pour yourself something cold baby cheers to this sometimes you gotta stay in and you know where I live yeah you know what we is sometimes you gotta stay All right, Thomas. So like I said, we're going to start off with a uh, Celebration Bowl, which is like the HBCU National Championship, I guess you could say, between South Carolina State and Jackson State. Uh, wow, is this? South Carolina State came into this game six and five, and Jackson State came, came, came into this game 11 and one. South Carolina State got the win with the final score of 31-10. Thomas, what do you think about the game? Man, I was definitely, I ain't going to lie, I was surprised. Um... You know, just not knowing uh, much about um, South Carolina State. You know, I was kind of telling Matt uh, off camera before we started. I've been following Jackson State really since uh, Dion came there last year, uh, or early this year, I should say, in the uh, in the spring season. So I kind of knew what to expect out of them. I thought it was going to be a, I, I, I thought it was going to be a little blowout, you know, on Jackson State, and just because of the the type of athletes they were coming in with, you know, all the D one transfers and. and you know, I'm pretty sure we can agree they got, uh, you know, the better coaching um, and things like that. So, um, but, yeah, it, it just goes to show you um, with football, I mean, any given Saturday, Sunday, whatever day you're playing on, anybody can get beat. You just got to be better on them. Uh, I mean, better than that team, you know, on that day. Um, but, you know, just as a South Carolina native, I was happy to see SC State win that, happy to see, uh, you know, Coach Buddy Pugh, um, finally get that, uh, you know, championship he's been chasing. Like you said, it's kind of like Super Bowl uh, crazy BCU. So, yeah, just as, as a South Carolina native, I was definitely hyped to see that. It, it was a fun game to watch. I think even Dion expected to put up a lot of points in this game. I think they said on their broadcast that Dion was like, we're going to be on national TV. So, you know, 50. And we've heard so much and seen a little bit of the highlights of Shador just going crazy, throwing the ball for Jackson yeah. State. So I tuned into the game to see the fireworks. I want to see yeah. the receiver catching the ball. I want to see the dancing. And obviously, maybe they show a little bit of halftime to see the band <laughs> if choose to. You know, I'm fine with that, too. And so to see South Carolina State really hold it down and to kind of beat them in, you know, pretty good fashion, the 21-point win, that was definitely surprising to see. Um, you mentioned something and about the talent at Jackson State. Clearly, there's a lot of talent 
at South Carolina State, and I'll talk about it in a second. But just to put it into perspective for Jackson State, they have 12 Power 5 transfers, nine SEC transfers, and eight four-star recruits on that team. And so somebody said for an FCS program, that's great. For yeah, an that's, HBCU, like, that's like powerhouse type stuff. That's miraculous. That could, they could probably go, you know, I'm thinking like the Utah States and they like, they got better yeah. options than those guys. <laughs> So it was like, it's like, okay, so you got the flash, the nice helmets and all that for uh, Jackson State and you got Buddy and those South Carolina State Bulldogs. Hey, and they got the, jo- the job done. I thought Shaquan Davis put on a show, six foot five, 180 pound receiver, I think number one for uh, South Carolina State. And three touchdowns. It was really like kind of like the air attack for the game. Guess where he went to high school? Where? Somerville. Oh, like like little AJ Green out there. And I remember watching AJ Green at the Colonial Life Arena when they played in the state championship game. And he was clearly a football guy, but he's also very good at basketball too. And that was back when Laura Rich and Diamond Hornets were the women's basketball team was killing. <laughs> you know about that, Thomas. <laughs> Morgan oh, yeah. Stroman, shout out her. But anyway, so yeah, that was crazy to see. And I think that he was a prime example. I don't know if he'd already been on some uh, teams like radar as far as NFL teams as far as maybe somebody to look at in the future, but it's like, you put him on ABC and like, in case everybody doesn't understand, I'm sure y'all you might, but let me just break it down. It's like, that's on the biggest stage. It's like, yeah. once you ABC, that's anybody who, you know, you have cable, don't have cable, tune into that game. People just flipping through the basic channels. And so to get put on that type of platform and at that big of a game, he definitely catches some guy's attention. Uh, did you, had you, had you heard of Shaquan heading into this game? Was this your first time kind of being introduced to him? Nah, it's definitely my first time uh, hearing about him. I mean, uh, just with uh, SC State being so close to, you know, our, our hometown or whatever, we we know about a lot of guys on the team. But, yeah, he definitely wasn't um, one of the guys I heard of. But, yeah, like you said, that, that'll be – he'll definitely come up on a lot of guys' radar just because um, – especially because the, the, the day and time we're in, a lot of guys getting, getting – uh, sent to the, you know, getting picked in the league more potential, you know, what coaches think they can turn a guy into. So like you said, 6'5", 180, 190, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure guys in the in the league are looking, you know, looking at chops, thinking they can, um, you know, looking at him as maybe like kind of a little project, you know, like a raw athlete kind of guy, but can, can still turn him into something. Um, but yeah, uh, I agree with you on the, on the fact that uh, that's like the biggest stage you can get right there is ABC, because it's like, you know, whether you got cable or not, you can test that, man. Especially at the time of the year we're in, uh, mid-December, it's just no other college football on this bowl season. So it's like now football fans are just looking, you know, to get any kind of football uh, they can see. So, yeah, he, he definitely put on a show for a lot of people. Exactly. And that just goes to show you with football, no matter how nice the roster is, you got to get between these lines and you got to play. So I shout out South Carolina State for getting a win. I want to do this, though, for a quick second. No segment. We're not uh, Colin Cowherd. We're just going to talk. <laughs> I was looking at the South Carolina State roster because I was like, yo, there's a lot of guys in the Midlands that, that filled this roster out that maybe they didn't get the offers from the Alabamas, the Auburns. We're not there on this team anyway. Just and this is just the Blythewood area of uh, uh, South Carolina on the South Carolina State roster. You got Jordan Smith and Chandler Muller from Ridgeview, Quint. Okay, Quincy Hill from Spring Valley, as well as the Prince Haynes from Blythewood High School. You have Patrick Gold, Gold Godbolt, DJ Hutcherson, Brandon Tucker, and Bryson Boone. And then from Westwood is Sean Artis. And it's like, and I'm pretty, I don't know if J- uh, Jalen, Jaden, I think his name is Jaden Brunson. You remember what I'm talking about? The DB? Yeah, 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 from Blythewood. 
Yeah, I was looking on the roster. I was trying to figure out if he's still on the team or what may happen with that. But all of these guys, just from basically the Blythewood area with the exception of Quincy and the Prince. And so it's like South Carolina State recruits very heavily in the Midlands area, the Blythewood area, Richland too. I even saw a lot of Irmo high schools in there. Uh, and I, even a low Richland guy who was a defensive end, I think, whenever we were when we graduated. And so it's like their roster is full of those. And it just goes to show you these guys in Columbia in the Midlands areas can, can compete with just about anybody in the country. Well, not anybody in the country, but some of the top talent in the country. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think, um, you know, like you said, you can you can see that they recruit heavily out of the Midlands. And, and you said you can even see some guys in that in that Irmo area. You got to think, you know, Dutch Ford kind of over there in that Irmo area. So it's like those are where you're the, – the biggest schools, I guess you can say, in South Carolina, those are usually where you're going to find them um, yeah. is in that Midlands area. Um, so, yeah, I can understand that for sure. But, yeah, shout out to uh, – Shout out to Jordan and, and, and Sean. Well, you know, Sean, he, he went to Westwood and all that, graduated from Westwood. But Jordan is a brother of Jalen Smith, who was my quarterback uh, there at Westwood. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see him uh, on that big stage like that. I can just remember back, thinking back to uh, them high school practices, seeing him and his other little brother running around tossing ball at each other. So, it's crazy to, to think of them then and, then, you know, to be seeing them play on ESPN now. It's crazy. But, yeah. And the, the South, just in general, we got – it's like a different kind of athlete I think we got out here. I, I don't know what it is we got in the water, but like you said, it's, at, at the end of the day, you know, you can have all the stars you want, all the, you know, big-time recruits you want, but but you got to line it up and, and play ball at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think I think we kind of – I think every year South Carolina kind of – we were slowly, slowly putting the nation on notice, you know, showing that, that we got real talent in the state, so. And it's definitely like, look, if you're not making a recruiting stop here, you might really want to consider it. And also, yeah. I wanted to say, I think Ridgeview's quarterback from this season has committed to go to South Carolina State. There was one last thing I was supposed to say about the South. I don't know. Maybe I'll remember it uh, later. Uh, but did also want to mention, and I know everybody saw this was all over social media, that Travis Hunter with the number two recruit, according to ESPN, because some people have number one, some people have number two, but according to ESPN, he's the number two ranked guy in the country who was, I think, was originally committed to Florida State. But anyway, yeah. he flipped to come to Jackson State. And so that's huge. I'm, if y'all haven't already, go look at this catch he made. I, I'm assuming it was the state championship game. It was ridiculous. And it's like for a lot of people who didn't know who this guy was, you see the highlight, it's like, okay, Dion did something here. Thomas, talk to us about kind of the impact you think of a guy like him. Uh, going to Jackson State as opposed to Florida State or Alabama kind of has on kind of the blueprint we're trying to do as far as getting HBCUs. More guys go to HBCUs potentially. Yeah, um, well, it's it's a big move, um, obviously, just for, you know, um, face value, just a, a, your number one recruit going to an FCS school rather than what we're used to with the big power five schools. Um, but it's, it's, it's more bigger for, for the future because usually this is, what it takes to, to start, you know, kind of a big movement or a big shift is, um, you know, something like this. Because, uh, I mean, to be the number one player in the country, uh, he's sacrificing a lot going going to an HBCU rather than a Division One program. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad move, but obviously we just know as far as resources go, um, you know, just for money reasons and stuff, you might be a little well off uh, in that area going to a, a Division One school or whatever. But, It'll show, um, you know, the guys under, under him and the younger generation that you can still have that same, I guess, uh, stardom or, or that same type of big following um, and still get looked at as an elite player going to a smaller school, 
um, you know, playing against maybe a lesser competition or whatever. But I think it's more about making your own way um, is what he's, you know, setting a, a real good example of. So, like I said, I, I think it's a bigger impact on the, on the future generations and the future recruits to come. They'll be uh, less hesitant to kind of just follow in the mold of the, you know, typical high school athlete who just wants all the big D1 offers and, and really go to a school where they feel welcome and, and can relate to the coaches, relate to the fan base, and, and really feel like they're, you know, at at a home environment. So, yeah, like I said, this 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 is like, yeah, this – I think people are kind of underestimating it right now. I mean, we make a big deal about it now, but I think it won't be until years down the road people understand, like, how, how big of an impact um, this one decision made. Yeah, because when he first – like I said, when it was first announced, I feel like every single blog, every single whatever was like, y'all, look at what just happened. And I saw a little bit of a video. He was throwing other hats and whatnot. And by the way, those people in Florida State were very upset with Dion. I think some of them were oh, yeah. jerseys because he – Florida State has been struggling here. And it's like – so they're like, okay, we got Travis Hunter. The guy plays both sides of the ball. At least he did in high school. But I think he's primarily a defensive back. But uh, and so they're like, okay, we got some help. And the next thing you know, for that guy to leave and be like, nah, I'm actually going to Jackson State, throw the hat and appreciate it too much, but they'll get over it. <laughs> so that was definitely something um, interesting to watch. And also, I was thinking about this too. Remember, Shador Sanders had a Beats endorsement. So I'm sure that one of these Dion's was selling it. I mean, it's like, look, like, we'll get you endorsements. That's, yeah. that's not the issue. Like now, cause there was a report that Dion was like, we don't, not like we got money. Cause everybody was saying, it's like, no, Jackson State must have a lot of donors. When it's like, it's not that, yeah. but with name image likeness being a thing. The opportunity. Yeah. yeah, we can get, we can get, and then Dion of all the people that, you know, of all the coaches that could potentially struggle with branding, Dion's yeah. not <laughs> one of them. It's like, yo, he's got the influence. All you gotta do, you have the followers and the influence. We can get you the brands after you. And then so that's but that was great to see. Definitely wanted to mention that before we get to these. I'm gonna say this. Probably shouldn't say this. The no, I ain't gonna say it. Uh, before, but now, <laughs> some things I want to say. I just. <laughs> but um, now we're gonna go back to the rest of college football, and we'll just leave it like that. Thomas, did you see Bo Nix is heading to Oregon? What are your thoughts on that move? Uh, definitely a shocker. Um. Him leaving Auburn, I mean, maybe he uh, felt a little threatened by, um, you know, uh, T.J. Finley coming in this year transferring. He, you know, he got a couple of starts uh, throughout the season um, due to Bo's injuries or whatever that uh, may be. But, um, I mean, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, at first when you see the new, you know, when I saw news about him transferring, it was surprising. But kind of got to look at the at the, the landscape of college football and the times we in the day. That's just kind of – seems to be the route everybody's taking it um it's just you know pack it up and just go to a new school whenever it's I don't want to say a little bit adverse y'all know what's going on you know yeah. in people's situation but you know like I said that just seems a landscape now it's just uh you know just testing different schools out things like that um it'll be interesting to see though uh how he fits in at Oregon um I mean because I I never really looked at at, at Knicks as like a an elite or you know top tier quarterback you kind of that that tag kind of will get attached to you naturally just going to a, a big powerhouse school like a Auburn, uh, especially starting as a freshman like he's been. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm gonna definitely have my own Oregon to see what they do um, and and see how he translate um, to that that Pac-12 um, you know style of play as opposed to SEC. I thought it was crazy because I think most people remember Bo Nix as the guy at his freshman year. His first game was against Oregon. 
at Cowboy Stadium. All the yeah, lights is on right. to win against Oregon. And look at like how like kind of life works out. Now he's joining Oregon staff. I'm not Oregon staff. He's joining the Oregon team now. But I did want to mention that because I was like, what made him go to Oregon? You know, there's always like a reason behind it. But apparently his offensive coordinator his freshman year at Auburn was Kenny Dillingham, who is now the offensive coordinator. He's the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach. I think he's the offensive coordinator now at Oregon. So he basically reunited with him for his best. He reunited with the offensive coordinator that gave him his best year, which was his freshman year. So they'll get to redo that magic out there with all the dope uniforms. Also, you know, when we just look at sports, you look at the minor things. So it's like now he goes from Under Armour to Nike. Nike. He has a great year <laughs> now. He sticks with that. You get to see both sides do it. You never know how it works. You know, that's a bigger thing a lot of times in college basketball. It's like, okay, his college team was such and such. Maybe he sticks with them. Maybe they have whatever, yeah. whatever with that. Um, what's that book called by Phil Knight? I think it's called Shoe King or something like that. Y'all go read that. They talk a lot about <laughs> and stuff like that in there. And that's why that just kind of rolls in my mind. But moving off of Bo Nix, um, it's just, I think we've mentioned this before on previous episodes, a lot of quarterbacks in the portal. You saw Florida quarterback Emory Jones who entered the portal. I'm not the Quincy Avery. He's one of the Quincy Avery guys. But I just, from what I saw this season, I'm just not the biggest fan of uh, Emory Jones. But I'm sure there's a, a school that hopefully uh, go out there and go get him. You got uh, Jason Brown from the University of South Carolina. Did you? Did, what were your first thoughts when you saw he entered the portal? Um, I felt kind of bad because I mean, kind of like his, he kind of got his, you know, they kind of forced his hand with that with the whole Rattler transfer. Um, so I mean, you know, just I mean, let's just keep it real. It, it don't matter what kind of fall camp he would have had. We know Rattler is gonna start, yeah. um, you know, from day one. So I mean. Like I said, it's kind of a messed up situation, especially just seeing all the all the love he was getting from the um from the Carolina fans in the community after um you know the year he had this past year. Um and I know the hype was, you know, kind of building up uh for you know that competition between him and Dodie next year and, and just seeing how they were gonna play. So just to go from that and then, you know, the next day it's like, oh my God, you know, everybody wanna see Rattler. You just kind of get, you know, kicked to the curb that quick. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a tough situation. But, yeah, it, it'll it be interesting to see how he goes about hitting the transfer portal, just being, you know, coming from a smaller school. And you know, even though he transferred to Carolina, it's not like he was a starter for the whole year. So, you know, he's kind of got limited film in that aspect. So, um, yeah, it's a tough situation. But I'll, I'll be following him to see where he goes. Yeah, see, because, see, what I was thinking was, I was like, it's so interesting. He came into South Carolina in January. So he literally spent a year here. It's like he kind of saved the day a little bit because you saw a lot of fans even under his tweet saying like, yo, we would not have won some of these games without you. Just kind of bringing in a fresh, yeah. fresh air. But then it shows like, yo, this is a business. It's like, so we appreciate yeah. your time because a lot of South Carolina fans gave him nothing but love. It's like, yo, we appreciate what you did, but it's like, I'm here and I'm gone. So it'll be interesting to see what team does end up picking up out the portal. There's just so many of these guys, and like and Thomas kind of, no, 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 let me go ahead and say this too. And then I think we'll also, he was probably like, I got a guy here because Spencer is, <laughs> Spencer's on the way. Then South Carolina also got a commit from a four-star quarterback coming out of the state of Alabama named Tanner Bailey. And so it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really gone now. And then the big news that we were talking about that had kind of South Carolina training throughout the day, this news dropped right after me and Raekwon finished for recording last week. Um, Spencer Rattler to the University of South Carolina. And I think that's the thing that ultimately got him thinking like, yeah, I probably should go. And Spencer will be bringing uh, Austin Stogner, 
from Oklahoma. And I, when I saw Austin, I immediately thought of Mark Andrews. That's what I thought of the big tight end yep. coming out of Oklahoma. What do you, let me ask you, let's see how we should ask this question. How much impact does bringing a guy like Spencer Rattler into the University of South Carolina kind of bring to the university, you think? Um, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it kind of depends how you look at it. Um, yeah. Looking at it from a fan's perspective, um, just, you know, growing up being a Carolina fan, we've never had a, a quarterback of this caliber being at the school, at, at least with the um, – how can I say what with like the hype he had behind him? We all know Connor saw five, you know, the best quarterbacks in, in school history or whatever, but kind of saw, you know, five eleven, you know, undersized uh quarterback or whatever. We we never had like a five star, you know, potential Heisman winning quarterback coming in playing at the university. So from a fan's perspective, I think that's a good look on Coach uh Beamer, Coach yeah. Shane Beamer, because he's showing like, okay, through his connections to, to Oklahoma or whatever we see that he can at least bring in, um, you know, whether it's one or two, however many, we see he can bring in, um, you know, top talent, whether that's through the transfer portal or through recruiting. Um, from a player's perspective, uh, kind of makes you question him a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah, coach has got to do what's best for his job at the end of the day. Um, but if you're a player that's big on, like, um, you know, player loyalty, it, it might make you kind of raise your eyebrows a little bit um, just because it's, at least for me, I'm I'm kind of questioning what pitch he, he kind of gave to all these quarterbacks to where you got Rattler coming in, who's one of the, um you know, top transfers in the nation. You got Lou Doty, who was one of the top guys coming out of high school. He's going to be there. And then you got a four-star recruit coming in, um you know, for the next season. It's kind of like, you know, what is he putting in all these guys' ears yeah. to, to, you know, make them think that they can come in and compete when you know it's only one spot for the quarterbacks. So, like I said, it, it, it depends on how you look at it, but – um. Yeah, I, I just think in the bigger picture, it's a positive at the end of the day. Yeah, it definitely steals some headlines. It makes people think like, oh, okay, like what's going on over there in South Carolina? Because we, once again, we were all over like, you know, the whole news cycle. But that's a very good point. It's like, hmm. And then also, I think because of the the, the, the things we've heard about, Spencer, as far as like the, the locker room guys, like I know you do want to win, mm-hmm. but it's like, it doesn't really seem like a kind of guy where it's going to be a lot of love in the locker room. It's kind of like, look here, you run this route, you catch this ball, we'll see you at practice the next day. So definitely yeah. something to watch. I think Carolina fans, I can only imagine the spring game's going to be cool because he'll be out there. But that opener next year is going to be crazy. And it gives Spencer a heck of a shot because now you can play in the SEC. My only other concern was, and I got, I got to say this. So it Spencer did not perform up to the standard, so he got benched for the freshman in the Big 12. What in yeah. God's name is going to happen when you play, like, in the SEC that's known for the defenses? And maybe it was just a bad year, but also the thing, yeah, Lincoln Riley, which is one of the best offensive minds out there. So yeah. I just had to play devil's advocate. I am excited for Spencer to come to the city as well. But it's like, so what happened? Like, because it's like we we almost, to an extent, kind of act like that didn't happen. And it's like, yo, there's a reason yeah. he's leaving, especially when he was a projected first-round quarterback. And the fact that this year doesn't have as strong of a quarterback class. So it'd be one thing for, like, this had happened with um, was a guy, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and those guys coming out. But it's like, this was a class that he probably should have dominated and kind of rose to the top. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. so what's going to happen when those Big 12 defenders become SEC defenders? 
Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, I, at least looking at his situation just this past year at Oklahoma, you got the number one quarterback recruit coming in, backing you up. I mean, he had his one – I can't even remember what game that was where he ended up getting benched. Uh, oh, that was the Texas game. The uh, Yeah, Ray Robbery. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's like you had one bad game, fans chanting, we want Caleb, but we Caleb. want Caleb. Um, it, it, you you got to think about, like, the kind of pressure – that that'll put a guy under. Um, so I mean, honestly, I think uh, I mean you a hundred percent right with your point. You know, we, we kind of got to take a look at like, well, how you know how did that even happen in the first place? But um, just looking at the details of it, it might be a better situation situation for him just because he knows. All right, I ain't got. It, it's not the situation where, where the fans want to see the backup more than they want to see you play. Yeah. Um, so I think that can be a big weight off his shoulders is, is, is just having that confidence, knowing that he's the guy, he's the guy all the fans want to see. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, just a little negative, but I think that would be a big help. And I think also help him, like, I think you just kind of, you're kind of getting that too. It's a fresh start. It's a completely fresh start. Yeah. It's a fan base that will absolutely love you. And I also have to say this, the South Carolina football is like, the, obviously the standard is somewhat high, but it's not Oklahoma. It ain't Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you win eight games in Columbia. Will Muschel win eight games gets a new contract. So it's like, depending yeah. now, granted, maybe you think, okay, since Spencer came, we, we might have a chance to win an SEC championship. But I think South Carolina fans are like, if, you're just, if we're trending towards that direction and we're comfortably beating Vanderbilt, I'm happy. <laughs> it's the it's the games that we can barely be banned about that has me upset. So it's like if we're taking care of business against smaller opponents, then when the bigger guys come in, we're competitive, playing them to the end, playing playing Georgia well, beat Florida this year. Oh, I don't know what you did. Let me. I know we're going completely off topic here. How, how good do you think Florida's mm-hmm. under Billy Napier next? Year? You think it's a rebuild deal? You think they gotta keep it going? I I, I wouldn't say rebuild because. They they're gonna have they're always gonna have them athletes there, but I, it's tough just with Georgia sitting at the top like that. Um, I don't know, just just being in that conference in general, just being in the SEC, it's like just constant. You always competing against the best, so it's tough. I, I wouldn't say they rebuilding. Um, ooh, they do got a new coach though. Billy, yeah. I I I, I think they might yeah it might be down for Florida for about a year or two. Yeah. Just just because of just because of based off how they ended. This past year, that's, that's kind of going to leave a bad taste in people's mouth. Um, and then, you know, starting fresh with the new coach, that's just rare. You start fresh with a new coach and you come out the gate, you know, win eight, nine games, especially in the best conference in, in college football. So. so it'll be interesting to watch. But it's like if South Carolina feels like they're in that top three or four teams in the SECs, I think fans will be happy. And then with the four-star signia, it's like, okay, hopefully – we're trending in the right direction. So it's like, if Spencer doesn't take us to where we're trying to go, he gets us going, Beamer keeps recruiting. We'll see Adams are there. Did have to go ahead and mention, since we're talking quarterbacks, Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky uh, University broke Joe Burrow's record, which is previously 60 touchdowns in a year. He had 62, so major ups to him for that one. Didn't know if that kind of record would be broken, uh, you know, because that's, that's kind of a hard record to break. Nonetheless, though, I look, I didn't see a lot of guys throw that ball. That year, Joe Burrow had LSU. That was a mad and, – and I think the thoughts behind it, too, is it was in the SEC West. It was in the yep. office. Con- they beat everybody. It's like, it's like the toughest route. You can tell you that's, that's what he took. 
it's like give it to me. I want the toughest, like you said, I want the toughest route possible. The only thing I really, really wish that we could have seen was that Ohio State defense with um, was my boy Okuda with Jeff Okuda. Okuda like, yeah. those guys, I would have loved to see them play if they could have beaten Clemson. Hey, you can't get it back. Sometimes I just go back and watch that highlight today. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the talent, Clyde Edwards, you know, the tight end from Randy Mossman, Justin Jamar. Oh, what a, and then the guy from what's the guy, the Panthers, um, their slot guy from the Panthers. Oh, um, Terrence Marshall. What a team! <laughs> what a, <laughs> what a team! Uh, Stingley when Stingley was balling. Grant yeah. Delpit. Oh my goodness. I think the wasn't the linebacker for that team go to the Ravens? Yeah, As Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen. Mm-hmm. First round, right? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was first round. Everybody's stock on that team went up after that after that one season. Y'all, y'all, it will be 10 years later. You will come to this show and we will still talk about that LSU team. Yeah. What a year. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, great teams, SEC West. Eli Ricks, the six foot two, 195 pound cornerback uh, from coming from LSU. Ohio State was trying to go get him. Ryan Day said that was going to cause some problems in the locker room or maybe like signing guys because they're like, yo, you just bring it in a five, not a five star, but a guy that's, that's good, probably going to start. And so Nick Saban said, forget all that. And he goes and signs him. This is the exact same thing as whenever they brought Jameson Williams and Henry Toto. And this is kind of scary to think that you can go dominate places and Alabama would be like, no, we got four and five stars sitting here on these on this bench. We're like, we're going to get him, bring him in. What, what were your thoughts when you saw that move? Man, it's, yeah, man, it, it's getting crazy for sure. I mean, it, I, I went back to, uh, we I think we just hit on this a couple episodes ago. Um, you know, just, it, I want to say it might've been after the, SEC championship game, we were probably talking about Jameson Williams and, and him transferring from Ohio State and all that. But I think I said, like, I I, I feel like this is kind of where uh, college football is going to go, at least for them and bigger prospects who who don't go to Alabama off the off, out the gate. Um, you might see them go to, like, a LSU or, or a Florida or something like that, compete against Bama for a couple seasons. And then, like, for that last senior year, it's like, go to Bama, you know, so you can you, you can live with the best, compete with them, and you know go play against the best as well. So I I feel like we're gonna see a lot more of that, especially when you uh. And I feel like the coach O firing played a lot into that. Um. So I think those those will kind of be the situations where you see a lot of that, where it, it's not like um, Ricks is gonna leave LSU, get on Bam, and he's gonna be facing Coach O next year. It's kind of like a whole new you know LSU staff he'll be playing or whatever. Um. But yeah, it's it, it's kind of scary, like you said, to, to see that Bama can just welcome in them guys who are already established top players in, in college football and still have them come to their program, um, playing from day one. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Thomas, you always seem to find a good title for the episode, and welcome in is it? That's a great title. That's a great <laughs> title. And just for us, I looked up some information uh, on Eli, Eli Ricks, who is heading to Alabama. The six foot, 295 pounder is agile enough to handle the best receivers in the country and the bit and has the bill to step up in the box if needed. The versatility will come in handy in the Crimson Tide defense that puts a big emphasis on the versatility in the secondary. So, I mean, obviously at this point, it's like you're getting a great car. You're trying to just help become a Lambo because Nick Saban helps coach up those DBs and gets them into that first round. And they've been saying, What's the Patrick Sertain's been doing his thing in Denver this year? Oh yeah, for sure. He's been man, man. He looked like a three, four year vet out there. 
He looked like three, four years late out there. He's looking good. And then, so at this point, it sounds like Saban's the um, the DB whisperer because we can't even forget what. Um, oh my gosh, that's Diggs' brother, uh, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon, yeah. He got ten. Oh, I ain't even think about him. Yeah, yeah, he got another one today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, he's he's up for it. He's gonna see what he can do this season. Probably get him some awards. We're gonna keep moving. We wanted to mention about the portal. There's always two sides to everything. The players are loving it right now. <laughs> and I could have, they said a long time ago, they said that coaches is like college football coaches. You're going to be in the facility all day, all night. You're going to spend much more time in the facility than with your own kids. So just get used to it. Nowadays, oh, this, this is, I cannot imagine because it's like it's moving on the go. So now you have all these guys in the portal, all of these guys, you have to sit there and recruit the high school guys. You got the college guys coming in. You got your own guys leaving. Mm-hmm. And could you, could you imagine right now being a college coach? Nah, it's, I mean, you, I know it's a, it's a lot of mindset shifting going on because you, I don't know, you you almost got to, I can't say you got to coach like you're in the NFL. I mean, because you, you can't coach them like they're grown men, but I mean, you got to be, you know, kind of in that more so of a business-like mindset, like you said, just because you're going to be dealing with high school recruits, um, you know, guys from other school in the transfer portal, your, your guys at your own school you know, trying to decide whether they want to stay or leave. So it's, yeah, it, it's definitely a lot of pressure being a college coach right now. Um, and, and just because it's so new, um, you know, usually you, you got somebody who at least, you know, you blueprint, you can follow a little bit. Um, but this is the first time any of us are experiencing, you know, this this uh, wave we're seeing in the transfer portal. So I'm sure coaches are still kind of trying to figure out how to go about all of it. But um I, I think it'll slow down up in these next couple of years, but yeah, it's, I, I know I wouldn't want to be one right now. It's, it's a lot to deal with. I'm thinking like uh director of player personnel. A lot of schools have that. It's like, maybe that guy had another role. So maybe he's director of player personnel. And then maybe he's also like something else. Cause I like, know no, that's a full-time role now. Like yeah. roster management, like you're going to get here early. You're going to stay late. I'm sure the coaches let them know like, yo, this is what we have to have happen. And you're just on there on that board trying to put the pieces together. Okay. He wants to come. This person is probably leaving. And I did want to make sure I definitely put this on the Instagram story, Matt Sports House. Y'all make sure y'all go follow it. Try, try to, Thomas, you know, I've been trying to keep it updated a lot more. I try, oh, yeah. to, I try to get out something just about every day, just kind of obviously for brand recognition. But uh, they were saying, and also, like, don't think that these guys are always leaving willingly. Like, when they leave willingly, but a lot of times these coaches are kind of like, hey, look here. Like, you can stay here, mm-hmm. but I got another guy coming in, and I like his potential. So yeah. <laughs> you decide what you want to do with that. But uh, I like this guy coming in. So that's definitely uh, something to consider. Yeah, I was about, I was just about to say, um, this is something I was thinking about while you're talking. I think we might see another – I don't want to see another. I mean, I don't want to say another, but I just think this whole uh, how can I say it? I, I think the efforts we're going to see in this recruiting process, you, you're going to see it. Uh, I, you're just going to see it go crazy. I mean, think about go back to when we were in middle school and think about how how guys used to get recruited and stuff like that. I mean, before social media, we didn't really have all the, the crazy photo shoots and and you know commitment videos, all that kind of nice stuff. Schools weren't building, you know, four or five million dollar facilities just, you know, for recruiting purposes and things like that. So I think you're going to see schools going even harder in that aspect because um, of the transfer portal. And it's like, I mean, like you said, it, it's almost about to be like a 24-7 um, recruiting cycle um, at this point. So, I mean, you know, 
yeah, it'll just be crazy to see how schools adapt to, to trying to get guys to stay. Because um, I think that'll, I, I think schools are going to end up seeing that'll be the bigger problem is, is not getting guys in, but getting them to stay once they're in there. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's going to be crazy to see. It's absolutely insane. We already got a lot. We already have uh, waterfalls in the locker room. LSU's. I saw <laughs> LSU's locker room. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and sign up to just do some equipment just to get in this place. That thing, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's tough right now. And then obviously with that comes coaching. It's like, look, if you can't get the job done, you got to go. We're going to find somebody who yeah. can, which is a great transition. To definitely want to shout out uh, Dabo Sweeney, which we don't do too many shout outs for Dabo on this show. But I thought that is crazy. I think RJ Young said it best. He's like, in a world full of going out and getting a flashy new hire, it's been very interesting to see that Dabo Sweeney, who also lost Tony Elliott this week, who had gone to the Virginia, I think it's, 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 it's the University of Virginia, right? I think, or is it VU? Uh, I think it's Virginia. I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, it's, it's UVA, yeah, University of Virginia. Yeah, yeah. so it's the University of Virginia. So Tony Elliott, who was, I remember when he was just a running backs coach, we helped coach at Wayne Gallman and the rest of those guys. Anyway, he got the head coaching job at Virginia. So Dabo has now lost his offensive and his defensive coordinator, and he decided to promote from within, which is something you do not see a lot. I There have been some rumors that, who is the who is the black head coach at Florida State a couple of years, but Willie Taggart? Um, yeah, Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart, Willie Taggart, they potentially wanted him. I don't know what happened with that situation, but to see Dabble promote guys from within, and so it kind of still gives off this thing that at Clemson, like, yo, if you're a great coach and you work, you can work your way up here, and we'll notice that, and we might give you the head coach, not the head coaching, but the coordinator role, and so you might always have to, and so, like, you can, what I'm trying to say is that it's not always going to be the case. Like, okay, you're the uh, linebackers coach. I'm bringing somebody in. Like, yo, you do your work. I'm watching you do your work. When the opportunity comes, I might promote you from within. And you just don't yeah. see that that much in college football. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, and some of it may play a part of just how long Venables is there and, and what kind of career he had there. So it's, about, it's like, we know you've been under a, a quality coordinator for a while. You hadn't just been under three or four guys to come through and, and go to the next school. Um, and so I, you, I feel like you tend to see that more with programs who got a lot of, uh, um, like set tradition or just a good tradition of winning. They kind of want to make sure guys who understand what it takes to to win at that level stay within that programs because you know it it, it can kind of slow it down when you, uh, you know, you're a Clemson, you bring in a guy from a Western Kentucky who you know doesn't know anything about about winning on a a big stage like that. So um, that's why I feel like you see a little bit more of that. Is it promoting within staffs is at the schools who who they know what they're gonna get out of a guy? Gotcha. So that's definitely something interesting to watch. One of those guys, Mickey Khan. I remember when he came in for the Clemson. He was a a head coach at one of the premier high schools in Georgia. I remember he took the defensive analyst job at Clemson. It's crazy. He will now be one of the co-defensive coordinators and then some other guys. So be interesting to watch that. See, I wouldn't be surprised if Streeter's up, Brandon Streeter, he's the quarterback's coach at Clemson. If he's up next in that, well, not, I think, I don't think he's the conference coordinator right now, but moving forward, like he's put some more time in at Clemson. They upgrade the quarterback's coach to an offensive coordinator. Something to watch for. We'll see what happens with that. Just wanted to mention Clemson did sign either four or five-star uh, quarterback Cade Klubnick on National Signing Day. I think he won three national championships at Westlake High School. He's coming in. He's our early enrollee. 
Hopefully DJ gets to, DJ can get this thing going in the spring. Cause if not, I'm thinking Kate is thinking, oh man. And Mr. Da and Mr. Davo Sweeney himself said that he thinks that Kate is like Deshaun Watson, but faster. Davo just don't know in the style. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, that's definitely um, it's a lot of fans are kind of like, okay, well, let's see what this guy has. And even we know all quarterbacks, even Trevor for a second, Dabble was like, I remember him saying his first day of practice or so, his first week of practice at Clemson. He was like, Trevor has to understand some of them throws he make in high school, you can't make in college. So we know there's an adjustment, and but we'll see what happens with that. I want to go to the NFL here real quickly for two topics. Number one, Urban Meyer is out and for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are your thoughts, Thomas? Uh, I feel like it's seeing it coming just from um, – and I ain't going to lie, really since that whole bar video incident, it has been downhill for for, for, I mean, for Urban since then. Um, but I mean, just the little stories you were hearing coming out of, of the Jacksonville camp, him kicking players and, and cussing coaches out, cussing players out, um, calling coaches losers and all that. It's like, it was just bound to happen. Especially, you, you can't come into someone your first year doing that. It's like, you ain't really even established, you know, uh, I don't want to say establish the dominance, but you just ain't established yourself, right? You know, just in that city, in that town, whatever, in, in that facility. So you don't want to come in, um, you know, belittling guys that's, you know, that's on your coaching staff with you. So I feel like it was bad, uh, bound to happen. That that dream was real short-lived that they sold us uh, before the season. I, I mean, I, I ain't going to lie. I was a believer. I thought Urban was going to go in there and turn Me it around. <laughs> I, I thought Urban was going to go in there to turn it around. So. Just to, 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 to see the, the shift like that and, and um, you know, I, I feel like we kind of learned a little bit about, I guess, the, the real Urban Meyer. Um, you, know, it's, you know, when you're coaching on the college level, a lot of that tends to be covered up a little more because um, it gets kind of accepted more because you're coaching college kids. Um, but it's like when you, when you take them same coaching techniques and, and try and, you know, take it to the league and, and try and treat grown men like the college kids, it ain't. It's never gonna go over well. So, like I said, it it was surprising, um, just because of how I expected, you know, his whole tenure to be. But, but like I said, once reports started coming out throughout the season, you kind of knew it was just a matter of time. Yeah, and the owner was saying too, it's like it's just one after the next. And he's like, like it's too many headlines about the head coach that yep. was negative, and it's like okay. And then I mean, he started off hot. Remember whenever he hired the the coach, the strength conditioning coach that was known to be kind of like a racist, has yeah. been in like multiple aspects. It's like, Urban, why is this your first hire? <laughs> you know, like, why do you talk to this guy consistently? <laughs> <laughs> so between that, all the things, him benching somebody, Trevor kind of speaking against them. And I listened to Trevor's press conference. He's like, it's kind of a relief. He didn't hear him say firing Urban was a relief, but in the way he kind of talked, it was, seems like he's like, okay, ooh, now we have some direction. So I thought yeah. that was kind of crazy. I actually like Urban Meyer at Ohio State before I realized all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all not going to catch me with that clipping. I, I was like, <laughs> at Ohio State, but now that I've seen all of this, it's like, yeah, Urban, you're going to set out. He probably going to be back at Fox College Football. He's a, he's a good analyst. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if another college ends up picking him up. Because, hey, I think they were saying Texas Tech wanted Art Browse. It's like, I, Art, I know what you did, but you might be able to get us some wins. And so that yeah. just doesn't show you. When you win, they will forgive some stuff, especially in the great state of Texas. We're going to move forward <laughs> to our last NFL topic. Thomas, tell me a little bit about this guy, Jonathan Taylor. Because I, I don't, I'm not the big, as y'all know, we talk about a lot of college football on the show. A lot of the analysts I bring on their mega NFL fans too. And I'm like, y'all, we really promote college football. But Jonathan Taylor, 
the running back for the Colts has been all over the conversation. People are saying he might be up for the MVP this year. And so I just kind of leave it up to you. Just kind of give us a little bit of information on Jonathan. Uh, well, uh, can't, I want to say this, yeah, second year, second year guy of Wisconsin. Um, I mean, honestly, if you're a college football fan, uh, not keeping up with the NFL, just think about all the stuff he was doing at Wisconsin. He's he's still doing it in the league now, really. Um, you can tell he he's, you know, starting to get his feet wet in that second year. Um, and especially now that he's that guy uh, in the coach backfield, you can just tell, like, he's running with just a, a, a different kind of confidence back there. Um, but, yeah, he – he jumped into the uh, MVP conversation really around the time Derrick Henry got hurt because, you know, Henry was kind of, uh, for the most part, leading that conversation. I mean, I think even after he got hurt, he was leading the league in rushing for, like, the next four or five weeks. Um, um, and now, you know, uh, obviously Jonathan Taylor or whatever. But, yeah, um, I mean, like I said, I, honestly, that's that's where I know most about him from is, is his college days. Um, we all know Wisconsin is known for, for producing all them uh, – you know, high-level backs, Monty Ball, James White, um, Corey Clement, you know, Jonathan Taylor, like we're talking about now. Melvin uh, Gordon went there? Did you say Melvin? Yeah, Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon. So, yeah, Wisconsin got that, that power running game that they do in college. Um, but, yeah, really, it's, it's just that transferring over to the NFL. Um, you know, guy that runs between the tackles, big physical back, he's not like a um, – I mean, he'll beat you with speed, but, you know, obviously that ain't his first go-to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a real deal for sure. Um, and I, uh, I was watching the, um, you know, the end season hard knocks and all that, that they're doing with the coaches here and the uh, OC for them was just saying that, uh, he just keeps like getting better and better every time he sees him. He says that as an organization, you admit they didn't really know what they had with him coming in. Um, but, uh, just seeing him work every day, they said they feel like he's, you know, like a home run for every single player. Um, so yeah, he, he's definitely leaving his mark for sure, putting the league on notice. And just for some measurables, he's 5'10", 226 pounds, so he's stocked into that frame. Uh, in yesterday's game, well, depending on when you're listening to this, but just Saturday night against the Patriots, he had 29 carries for 170 yards and one touchdown for the season. He's had 270 carries for uh, 1,518 yards and 17 touchdowns. So tremendous um a uh, tremendous running back coming out of Wisconsin. It's like those Big Ten schools. You think offensive line, you think tight ends, you think running. Yep. Like all yep. the low key, all you think is inside drill. Like I know they just love <laughs> so, <laughs> so incredible to watch him this season. Probably continue to try to you know break some records, have a great campaign. I know Derrick Henry is rehabbing. You know probably lifting like. 500 pounds it's like i'm coming to my spot <laughs> y'all enjoy it right now you probably even shoot jonathan taylor dm like hey big fella you killing it until i get back so <laughs> <laughs> but y'all y'all so thomas uh, that's all i have for you thomas you got anything else nah that's that, that's it for me i'm i'm excited for this playoff i know that i'm, I'm ready for the playoff counting down the days to that that college well, both playoff college football and that's yeah, for sure. I'm really looking forward to seeing my Buckeyes in the Rose Bowl. And then obviously looking to see uh, Alabama go ahead and beat Georgia. Probably going to be a bet on that game. So if you know anybody or if you're anybody <laughs> who's listening is betting on Georgia, hit your boy up. We can make that happen. Because I've once heard an old man tell me, you bet against them, you don't like money. So, <laughs> but hey, y'all, that's all we have for this week's episode. Uh, thanks, Thomas, for coming on again. I'm sure we'll be on many more times. But uh, until next time, peace. Weezy out of here. Weezy out of here. Weezy out of here. Weezy out of here.